This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a very nice Monday, shaping up a beautiful week here in the state of Michigan. We're looking forward to uh, getting that fantastic racing season kicked off and ready to go as we have here over the last couple of weeks. First, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. This is kind of a concerning story out of South Dakota this week. Continuing tire shortage forced Black Hills Speedway and Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series to cancel the national tour event that was slated for May 13th through the 14th at the South Dakota Oval. The weekend is still going to feature local sprint cars, but uh, Hoosier couldn't get tires to Black Hills. And so ASCS owner Terry Maddox said in a quote, uh, quote, when we were told Hoosier couldn't get tires to Black Hills, we started trying to find some to take with us to at least have something, but there just isn't any. Maddox's uh, statement went on to read, quote, without the ability to fulfill a full order, the distributors can't part with that much inventory at one time with what's going on. The tracks still want to run something, so they're going to have the Northern Plains region back on Friday. Wow, blockbuster story for the Lucas Oil uh, American Sprint Car Series. Elsewhere in the rest of the world, NASCAR was in action over the weekend. Uh, William Byron had a big weekend. We'll talk more about that coming up. And really had a big weekend with getting shook up at Darlington. Uh, he and Joey Logano go at it. Last uh, last restart of the race, Byron kind of edges up, gets into Logano. Logano pays him back, coming to the white flag, and Logano goes to victory. That is going to be what's happening in a Motor City Minute because, Rich, that's going to be the first thing we do tonight is talk about that incident at Darlington. Good evening. Welcome in. Zach Heiser, Rich France, joins me from across the way. How are you? You know, I was great. I, it took us a while to get going this weekend. Friday night was just ugly around here. Yeah. Um, and then Saturday, boy, every, all anybody who was racing on Saturday just woke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had a lot of racing going on in Michigan Saturday. So anybody who says that they didn't have a place to go on set this weekend. They didn't try. Uh, they didn't try hard enough, Zach. So let me uh, let me ask you, uh, I got to see some highlights today. Obviously, uh, I was tied up down in Nashville, got to see William Byron do well down there. You're going to talk about that in just a moment. But on Sunday, uh, Byron was looking for the clean sweep down in the south, and uh, that pesky kid from the northeast had other ideas. Uh, Joey Logano gets into Byron going into turn three on the penultimate lap. And uh, sends Byron sends Byron into the fence. Logano goes on to win the race. And uh, Rich, just based on your reactions there during my recap, you're not a fan. 
No, I didn't. I didn't think Byron's move. I think it was. I think it was twenty twenty five laps to go somewhere in there. I don't. I don't think that was um, as brutal as what I saw with one and a half to go. Yeah. Um, Joey Logano never even made an attempt to drive to try to pass him. Never even thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he drove it into turn three, and just said Byron's going in the wall, whether he likes it or not. And that's what he did. And Byron went from first and ended up finishing 12th, I think. You know, um, William, and that, and that was, I don't think that's how it should have gone. But And, and the thing I thought was intriguing is uh, William has never really been that outspoken in his career, but he was hot under the collar in his post-race interview, and, and he made claims that that's how Joey drives everybody. You know, kind of the kind of the same thing that we hear out of a lot of these drivers. If that's how he's going to race me, then fine, so be it. Um but I am kind of intrigued to see where this goes because we've been uh, – Joey Logano's name has been in a lot of people's mouths over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I, just, I just think it would have been a whole different story, Zach, if, if Joey Logano dri- you know, drives it down to the bottom. and At and least tries make, to pass make, him. And make a little bit of contact. So, what? I mean, that's going to happen. It's a lap and a half to go, lap and a quarter to go at Darlington, okay? Right. And race the last lap. Um, he didn't even give him the chance. It was – he just – Tail bucked him and it was over into the wall. He knew where he was putting him and then just drove away. And so, yeah, I'm not, I am not impressed. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about some things that did go well for the uh, Charlotte, North Carolina driver, William Byron, rich. Uh, I was down there, but you had a chance to take in most of the action via our friends with racing America. Yep. Zach. And in his brief return to super late model racing, William Byron uh, has already added a music city guitar from Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway to the trophy collection. Uh, and then earlier this year from Hickory Motor Speedway and New Smyrna Speedway. Uh, that is in addition to a pair of Cup Series victories and a playoff points championship lead through 11 races. Now after winning the North-South Super Late Model Challenge on Saturday night, uh, the 24 driver made his intent to return to the Snowball Derby at Five Flag Speedway in December official uh, to win the biggest race of the year in this discipline. Byron will have to overcome, amongst other nuances, uh, an error that nearly cost him the North-South Challenge. On the final restart with 11 laps to go, Byron spun his tires as the control car uh, and allowed both Stephen Nassie and Jet Nolan to get by before the entry to turn number one. Byron uh, had led since lap 23 up till that point. Byron immediately passed Nolan back a lap later and was to the back bumper of Nassie and his Jet Motorsports number 51, with five laps remaining. Of course, uh, this would be the first time the two have raced against each other, Zach, since their infamous run-in during the 2016 Snowball Derby. Uh, the two would race clean, and Byron would work, would work by Nassie with two laps remaining with just a little bit of contact. That, that's going to happen on a short track. Uh, but next up for Byron, Zach, in a super late model is the battle at Berlin at Berlin Raceway. He has that on his schedule. And in other actions, Zach, in Nashville, Dylan Fetcho would take honors in the Jake Sierra All-Stars Tour Pro Late Model event. And then, uh, not a giant surprise, Sammy Smith finding victory lane in the Arkham Menard Series East Music City 200. I just want to say, uh, how about that battle in the Pro Late Model race? Uh, Dylan Fetcho pretty much had that one uh, delivered with a bow on top. But that race for second... Between Cole Williams and uh, Casey Roderick, you, you you mentioned that to me when we got started tonight. Oh man, I mean side by side, Zach, and and the call was pretty darn good too. All right, I gotta, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I got to give you that. I, I was up on my seat. I didn't know who was going to win. 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, Cole Williams, he knows that place as good as anybody. Yep. Casey Roderick, he's got himself a, a, a bunch of guitars there. And they just drove side by side. I think they maybe got a little bit too much door coming off of turn four, and that, that helped Cole a little bit on the bottom. But uh, that was not wrecking each other. That was just good, hard race. Well, let's take a look at some things that happened a little bit closer to home over the weekend. Winston Speedway back in action with Dirt Car UMP Late Models. They may have been, Rich, one of the only tracks in the state of Michigan to successfully host an event on Friday. Everybody else pretty well washed out. Chad Finley. Came from the fourth starting spot, jumped out to the lead, bringing fifth place starting Eric Spangler with him to the front. And that's how the pair would finish 1-2 ahead of Justin White, Rich Neeser, and Curtis Roberts. Now, Rich, France, we understand, may have been some post-race extracurricular activities at Winston Speedway Friday night. We don't have to get into all the details, but what we do understand is uh, there may have been... Uh, Again, some post-race extracurricular activities. Travis Stemmler listed as a disqualification on the official results. And um, just intriguing, it's all—it's only the second week of May. It's actually the first full week of May. And we've already got tempers flaring in UMP late models. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's a fan knows this, you know. I mean, um, you got two of the most competitive guys out there in Rusty Schlenk and Travis Stemmler. Um, you know, I was there last year for two of the, you know, w with the Rusty Schlenk Dona Marcoulier uh, incident that made a lot of news last summer. These things are going to happen. Um, you know, we can't comment on, on what, what all occurred because we weren't there and what the reason was for it. Right. But, uh, boy, for that, for, for everybody to get uh, get excited this early in the year. This is not the last time they are going to run into each other. All right. And uh, then the rest of the weekend on to Saturday and Thunderbird Raceway. Just uh, it was a it was a party in Muskegon this weekend. And uh, down at Thunderbird Raceway, the party continued as they hosted their uh, Challenge Series weekend. Not for late models, but just one of the Challenge Series uh, nights was down there. And uh, let's talk about late models, though. How about Rich Neeser? From the outside front row, he goes on to get the win ahead of Rusty Schlenk, who started outside of row number two. They held off Brandon Thurlby, Greg Gokey, Travis Stemmler rounds out the top five, uh, and uh, Chad Finley sixth, Eric Spangler eighth, some heavy hitters in the late model division making their way to Thunderbird as well. So a uh, nice weekend of, of late model racing up in the, up, well, I say up in the north, but up in Muskegon. How's that? Well, it's not the only place that they got some late model racing in, Zach. Uh, the stat sheet will show that Mike Marler won Saturday's Dairyland Showdown finale at Mississippi Thunder Speedway up in Wisconsin from the pole, but it was anything but that simple. Uh, the Tylers weren't done, though. A mid-race restart saw a three-wide battle for the lead, sending Tyler Bruning uh, to the front, where he drove off with the lead. A first-career World of Outlaw win appeared to be in the cards until lap 69, when Bruning overdrove turn one directly into a, a lap car destroying his front end and ruining any chance for the win. For Marler, his cold streak after winning the Wild West shootout in January is in the rearview mirror, following his uh, Kyle Larson late model challenge win with a $50,000 prize on Saturday. Uh, points leader Dennis Herb Jr. scored a quiet top five finish to extend his points lead atop the World of Outlaws standings over Max Blair. Jonathan Davenport and Bobby Pierce scored wins in the Dairyland showdown preliminary features on Friday and Thursday night, 
respectively, Zach. Yeah, good racing there around uh, that. Uh, you know, those big names and those big sanctions, always going to see a good show. Uh, back here a little bit more locally, uh, Let's can we give a little love to our tar friends, to our uh, – you know, racing, racing's on the pavement, dirt's for growing potato friends, which I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, but, you know, you got to shed some love on the tarmac every now and again. Uh, Springport got some racing in on Saturday, Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway. They hosted the uh, Outlaw Super Late Models, Sportsman Street Stocks, and Port Stocks. Low car count for the Super Late Models, but nonetheless, they put on a show. Dan Leak goes to victory lane, came from the sixth starting spot, brought seventh starting Brian Burgaker with him, and uh, Dan Leak goes on to get the win over Burgaker. Justin Claudery finishes in third. Tony Hoos in uh, the fourth spot, and Tyler Heaney rounds out the top five. Then, uh, doubling down on the weekend, Buddy Head picks up the A feature win for the uh, Sportsman Division. He held off Brent Jack. How about Brent Jack getting back behind the wheel of a race car in template cars? They collectively came from deep in the field. Buddy Head started 13th out of 16 cars, drove his way to the front. Hard charger of the event, gaining 12 spots. Brent Jack followed him through the field, gaining nine to finish second. Then Tony Dagger in third. Kenny Head finished in fourth, and Jeremy Pierman finished in fifth. Why do we say he doubled down? Because in the, uh, in the street stocks... When's the last time you saw Buddy Head in a street stock? Well, maybe not that long ago because he started 18th out of the 18 cars that took the green flag on Saturday, and Buddy Head marched through the field 17 spots, bringing John Beach with him from 15th, and Head held on for the win. Beach in second, of course. Lonnie Sommer from the 7th spot finishes 3rd. Gabe Carr 4th from 10th. Adam Rowe 5th from 19th. Uh, so, uh, wow, what a field of drivers. And uh, you know what? The car counts may not have been spectacular, but looking at the stat sheet, Rich, racing was good on Saturday at Springport. Yeah, sure was. And we had a couple other winners, Zach, uh, throughout the, the weekend. Uh, Jeff Gannis picked up the win in the Victory 110 out at Galesburg this weekend for the template late models. So that was $5,010 to win. Congratulations to Jeff Gannis. And uh, where I was at the Flat Rock Speedway, defending outlaw late model champion Eric Lee, Started 2022 right where he left off with a win in the 50-lap Outlaw Super Late Model feature. And uh, I'd be remiss, too, if we didn't you know, jump back to the dirt momentarily. Uh, also on Saturday, uh, sprint car racing did happen in the state of Michigan. You know we like to cover the sprint cars when we can, and that was Butler Motor Speedway. Ricky Peterson came up from down south, invaded the uh, 3.8 high-banked oval of Butler, took the win in the 410 division. Todd Sherman invaded from Indiana, picked up the UMP modified win, as well at Butler, and in fact, let's uh, let's pretend that we planned that and move on to a discussion about Butler. Well, Zach, uh, this weekend we had a lot of tracks opening up in the state of Michigan, uh, particularly on Saturday, and uh, our next guest opened up, and wow, and what a big way. Tell who, who we're talking to. Yeah, it's uh, my pleasure to welcome in Tim Wilbur. We had him on the show a couple of months ago and announced him as the new owner and promoter of Butler Motor Speedway in Quincy, Michigan. Tim, good evening. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Thanks for having me on, guys. You know, I w was sitting back this weekend just kind of watching everything unfold like everybody else. And, uh, you know, obviously my social media, just like Rich's, is going to be heavy with Flat Rock stuff. Mine's going to be heavy with Butler because that's where I started. Um, but, man, there were a lot of eyes all across the region on what you had going on this weekend. And, uh, 
from what I can tell, the the Sunday and Monday keyboard warriors, I think you had a pretty successful first event. How was it from your seat? Yeah, uh, very successful. Um, you know, Friday night I went out for dinner with a couple of buddies, and I'm like, you know, we're, we're not racing tomorrow, so don't even think about it. You know, I didn't even come to the track Friday night because it rained all day, and I think we got home 9.30, and it was still a little bit of rain coming down, and I was just like, man, that ain't how I want to open up my opening night of my career, you know, and uh, woke up Saturday morning, did a few things, got over here about 9 o'clock, and uh, I don't know, I guess I just looked at it, and I thought, well, I think we can get this in. So, and that's the other thing, too, is I was talking with somebody, and, and they said, you know, we've got so much rain Friday, they might have to pull the plug on Saturday. And I said, that's going to be the first decision that Tim has to make is to cancel a race with the sunshine. And talk to me about that, because I know as a race car driver, you've probably had that happen to you, where you look around, sunshine, and it's a beautiful day, and racetracks are canceling because there's too much water on the ground. Um, how, how was that from a different perspective now this, this time around? Well, it's funny you say it like that because I met Mark Zimmerman over here first thing Saturday morning, and I told him, I said, well, I, I messaged my daughter and told her to put on Butler's site that, you know, we're going to go racing. Um, I'm going to get on it, start packing it when we can. We're going to let a little bit of Mother Nature do its course. And he looked at me, and he goes, well, is that an owner talking or a driver? <laughs> I go, well, I think that's both. I said, you know, um, I, I was just, you know, I, the track, in my opinion, we had a couple soft spots. But um, I just didn't want a nasty track. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think some of us guys are all for give us a rough track and it'll be least fast. Um, I was just probably more concerned about, I say, a handful of drivers that hasn't came to Butler in a while for whatever reason. And then they come here for my opening show and pull out of here and say, well, that's why we don't go to Butler. Right. Um, That was probably my biggest concern. And, you know. Um, for a couple of spots, I, I don't think too many people left saying that, and that's what my biggest concern was. I didn't want to finally get the chance to get him back and lose him right off the bat. Tim, one of the I, I have to believe one of the more popular photos on social media today was the photo of your grandstands, and I myself was so happy for you. Was it f- as full as it looked? You know, I um, I don't think I really knew how full it was until I went out the pits, which we had to open up the south gate to let 20 more cars park outside. <laughs> now, i got to interject for just a second, Tim. For, for those who don't yep. go to Butler on a regular basis, when you see that south gate open, that's when you know you've had a good show. Yeah, exactly. It, I, I went out that gate and went to the barn off turn four to get a few things, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to get to the barn because I think they were double, triple, quadruple park. I go, I don't know how people are going to leave. So, yeah, once I went through the parking lot and then, you know, maybe at one point you kind of settle down for a minute and you look at the stands and I had to go fix something behind the stands. I'm like, this is like a 4th of July show. I don't know. I went and looked at the sign to make sure it didn't say fireworks tonight. (laughs) (laughs) When you, well, let me ask you this. When you saw that many people and you realized how many came, what went, was there anything that went through your mind that said, well, I wasn't prepared for this? Um, I mean, we obviously probably wasn't prepared for that amount of people on opening night, but probably the biggest thing is when you see those amount of cars and people, if it's drivers, fans, you just want to put on the best show that you possibly can for them. That's probably the only thing that stuck in my head until we were done. When you look back at, you know, uh, this event, I know you're only a couple of days removed from it now. Um, solid car counts. You had B mains in, uh, well, you had an opportunity to have B mains in, in three of your four divisions, um, is what I understand. 
and then <clears throat> you had full fields in every division. I, what did I hear? There were 25 sprint cars on property for a regular sanctioned event. Is that right? Yeah, I think 25, maybe 27. Um, yeah, technically we had B mains actually for all four classes. All four. We did. And uh, the last two, the street stocks and front wheel drives, must be we had a few nutrition took care of them, and uh, we were down to one or two extra cars. And I said there's no need for B main. We'll just put one extra in the street stocks in and two extra in the, in the front wheel drives to get them going. So, yeah, you know, um, when I opened that, south gate i was like whoa the pits is like done instantly you know I'm like well i guess thank god i roped it off first thing in the morning just because i kind of <laughs> had that feeling you know what you pull in and what I was the have signs what, really marked what led to that feeling i mean is it the is it the shiny new object in town or is it uh just what you've been hearing from guys calling saying they were coming or because you're the only one racing in the in the area what 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 gave you the uh impression that you were going to have a good show you know i think obviously Mother Nature did its course for me, which was my friend. Um, I think that gained a few cars. And then, uh, you know, I think maybe a couple mods and probably more sprint cars came. And A, the Mother Nature, and B, um, I think probably the new owner, they thought, well, we'll give a shot, you know. I think there might have been a few of them maybe in the past, which, you know, ah, we're not going to go there, not going to go there. And they probably read some of that social media and thought, well, we'll give them a shot. Tim, when I was looking through social media today, you know, I think it's a pretty good thing when the only thing they have to complain about is they had to wait too long for a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a win, and because you can fix that fairly easily, uh, that's a win on anybody's opening night. Yeah, we. Uh, I told my wife maybe Friday night or Saturday morning. I told her, I said, Jen, we we can't open the gates at four o'clock, and she's like, Well, I'm not going to open it early. I'm like, Well, okay. I'm thinking you usually show up at seven o'clock and just come walking into the trailer in the past, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I, I think maybe our first car rolled in right around 12 or 1230. Wow. And, uh, I called my wife. I said, well, what do you got in the parking lot already? You know, but, uh, I think she <laughs> held off to maybe right around one, maybe one thirty, And then I called her. I said, by then we had a handful and I said, Jen, you've got to open that window up. And she's like, I've already got it open. Get off my back. I said, good job. I'll keep working. <laughs> so, you know, we, yeah, we opened the gate up. Like I say, probably, you know, at least one thirty, maybe a little bit sooner. And I think it was just a steady flow all the way till I, I, I'd be lying if I told you when they stopped. Uh, well, tell me about the operations of Butler now. Um, obviously, <clears throat> a long uh, tenure as a driver there. For those who missed our interview from a couple of months ago, you can go back and find it anytime on our website, horsepowerhappenings.com, uh, and on our SoundCloud page. But tell me about the, the tenure or the operation look for you now. So you go from being a, a race car driver to now being an owner-op, uh, what what sort of personnel do you have in place? I was kind of talking to you about this earlier today. I mean, are you race directing? Are you just general managing? You're wherever you need to be. What what are you doing, and, and what other people do you have in place? Yeah, you know, I kind of – I say the kitchen staff I got super lucky with. Um, I think 99% of them, them came back with Cheryl Deshaw in there kind of overseeing all of them, which that's a big plus right there. Um, that helps out a ton. Um, and I say after that, you know, Mark Zimmerman's worked on the track, maybe one or two or three years time flies. Um, and then Tim BB is flagging. And then, um, I say that's probably our other good part is with, with all those people in place. And then the other ones that we had to fill, um, I'm not going to say we had the best race car team for the last 29 years, but we had a good race car team. Right. 
So once you kind of fold a race car team, all your buddies look at you like, what are we doing? I said, well, you're putting a headset on. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah. You, you, you know how to run a push truck? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I don't have them. I got one in a push truck. I got one sending the cars out. Um, you know, it's just kind of a great big family. Like even our race team, you know, I mean, they weren't all legit my family name, but we're all family. We was all hung out together and, that's kind of what happened here. I mean, as my daughter thought she was going to be selling shirts, she was working in the kitchen Saturday and my parents were in the kitchen and all winter long, my dad always said, well, when the sun goes down, that's going to be my taillights heading to the lake. Well, Saturday night I had different plans for him. He was wrapping hot dogs. Tell me about the, the, the race team becoming the speedway team. Do you think that that, I mean, you know, the, the hardest, I think one of the hardest things about running a racetrack is getting a team of people who are so dedicated to the sport that they're okay with working at the races and maybe not even seeing a lap of a race. Um, being able to bring a core group that you already had established from your race team had to have been a, a really good feeling. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a great feeling. And like I said, I think we're all just so tight knit that when, when we made this jump, like I said, I think they looked at us like, well, what are we going to do now? Like, you know, and this is our life in a way, you know? Um, and, and I, I think I go back to our first interview. I made that joke of some years ago. I don't know how long Eric Swan's been racing, but like we're good friends and all of a sudden, well, I want to get a race car, which at that time I thought was a good idea. Hmm. Yep. Now I lost him at the shop because he's working on his own, you know, but um, it's kind of like I got a couple buddies out here now that one's watering the track while I'm working the track, you know, so it's kind of funny, like, well, at least when they're ready to put their helmet on the shelf, hopefully in a few years, you never know when that they got a side job, they can come over and help me groom the track. Tim, I don't want to, I don't want to burst your bubble or anything when you have such a successful opening night, usually there's only one other way to go, right? But uh, what what did you find out throughout the night that you think you can improve on even better? Oh, you know, man, you're stumping there. You don't give me the easy questions. <laughs> that's, that's not my job. Zach yeah, throws, no you, the, doubt. Zach throws yeah. you the softball. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm going to throw you the low hanging fruit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, um, I don't even really know. I mean, I think there's a lot of little spots to improve, you know, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that I was just trying to push every, every race out quickly. And as soon as it was done, I was ready for the next one. You know, like um, I said to Tim Beebe after the race, you know, I, I keep waiting to walk into the office and him, him hand me my pink slip or he's done in two weeks. Cause I'm on the radio. Like, let's go, let's go. You know, like one time I'm like, they're all lined up and said, oh, they're all good to go. I'm like, good. Shut the lights off. Let's go. Like, we're not going to go around one more lap. Cause that's always my biggest pet peeve. If I go to any racetrack is okay. Now, why, why do we just go around that extra lap? Which probably my biggest part is is having that impatience that i have of like tim shut the light off let's go or even starting the race early while the girls still upstairs got to get their stuff all switched around um that that's probably my biggest thing is when a race is over i'm ready to kick the next race out and go now well they're, they're still waiting on their computer to hit enter and transfer over you know so i mean but we're we're all we had we had transponders on every race car which was a lot for all of our work because really none of our girls are great with that they're all green um we did get very lucky that anthony from i-96 came down to kind of show the girls the ropes a little bit which was a plus because with the 107 cars um we would probably would have been here another hour and a half later you know yeah. so he helped us out tremendous and i was going to bring that up to uh as well as you know as far as i can tell butler was one of the last standing racetracks in the state 
to still use classic line scoring for everything. Not line scoring backup. Line scoring was the way that official results were handled. And uh, you make the jump to electronic timing and scoring, which really is is jumping into you know the 21st century of racing. And um, I just I just uh, I, I'm thrilled for that. Like that for me, that's fantastic. I love to see that. Yeah, that's that's a big move, um, and and that's probably our biggest improvement right there. Um, when you ask me, like, where's our steps to improve? It's probably just that of the of everybody getting you know familiar with it all and get everything down pat. And um, it's kind of funny. I think my wife texted me before you called me, like, "Hey, such and such, Rhonda needs help with this." You know, like we, you know, so that that's gonna be our biggest step is the transponders of getting familiar with them because um, it's kind of hard unless we got through because, you know, we're doing the group qualifying and hot laps. So, you know, it's kind of hard to set everybody up for that. Like, you know, let's go to Butler because we're going to do transponder qualifying. Then you get here and say, well, we're going to go back to old school, draw your number and you start on the tail. You know, they they don't like that theory. (laughs) All right. You get your promoter salesman hat back on. Uh, Let everybody know what do you got going on this week so we can get some more people out there. Yep. This week we're um, right back at a four, one show. So we got all four classes, front wheel drive, street stocks, uh, the UMP mod and the 410 sprint cars or open sprint cars will be there. Um, not sure if Barry's got a show yet or not this week for GLSS. So um, I always say that kind of helps the car count there a lot there. But, um, you know, hoping to, I mean, I'd, I'd love to have a B mains in two of the four classes. I'd, I'd be tickled with that and get another good car count and kind of get another night under our belt just to, for everybody to get familiar with what we're doing well and you know rich rich uh, you know asked you the hard question about how do you improve and and i guess i'll piggyback that as well based on what you just kind of said is uh, is it realistic are you realistic in thinking that every night can be as good as that first night or i mean are you prepared for you know the proverbial you know what to hit the fan i mean uh what 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 are you looking at for the rest of the season realistically um, yeah, realistically, I, I don't think I'll see 107 cars a night. And if we do, I think I need to hire eight more people somewhere. Right. Um, you know, but I mean, um, I, I'd just be happy if we could, you know, I think maybe last year I was talking to somebody this winter in Florida that, um, I, I think last year we were, you know, I say at least 80 cars a night and close to 90 a night. And, um, the guys like, man, that seems like a lot of cars. And, you know, we, we always had a pretty good front wheel drive show each night. Mm-hmm. We had a good modified, you know, we were awfully close to 30 all night, all year long in the mod. So, um, I think we'll bump up a few in the street stocks this year. And I really think, um, that with, I mean, it's bad for all the racers, but good for an owner when the fuel prices are what they are. I think we have a lot of local boys that are like, well, let's give Butler a shot and let's just go where it's close to home. Right. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Tim, on Friday night, All-Star Circuit of Champions and Great Lakes Super Sprints at I-96. Uh, so nothing on Saturday up here. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. Uh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know I don't know if the All-Stars go anywhere on Saturday. I'm sure they do, but maybe you'll get a couple of those guys to matriculate over your way. Um, right. Tim, man, uh, I, I got to tell you, as somebody who grew up at Butler, you know that uh, my career started there. Really excited for you. Really awesome to see what you and your team were able to do on night number one. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting over there. Uh, I think sometime this month I'm going to be able to sneak over there and catch a show. 
All right, perfect. I look forward to seeing you here. I might even have to throw you up in the stand a little oh, bit and hear your I, voice. I knew it. I knew it. I said, if yep. I walk through that gate, I'm getting a microphone put in my hand. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We got a little, we got a little tracker life 360 on you. That's right. All right. Hey, Tim, man, congratulations. Nice job. Good luck the rest of the season. All right. Thanks, guys. Rich, as we move through the show tonight, it's our pleasure to welcome in our second guest. And, and I just was saying this as we got him ready to go. I can't believe we've not had this man on this show before, but it's we're really glad to finally do it. Well, Zach, I mean, he we, we've, we've followed him and been around him. You know, he, he's he's won championships and, and won double-digit races uh, in our region for years. But he did something this weekend that even he did, hasn't done before. We'll get into all that. Jacob Poole, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey guys, nice to have nice to have you. Man, first of all, before we get in this weekend, uh, obviously the, this weekend was about the IMCA modified. Talk about most all of your success in the past. Obviously, has been in the UMP modified. What made you make the switch? Well, I mean, there's there's multiple things you know that that go into that decision. Um, you know, I, I've raced now since uh, the early 2000s, so. Uh, you know, close to or around 20 years. And, uh, most of that time has been spent, um, in a modified. I mean, we, we raced carts and street stocks for a couple of years, you know, when we first were getting our feet wet, but, um, you know, it's not always been UMP, I guess, cause Michigan's not always been UMP. So, I mean, we kind of started off with a Michigan mod deal and then it, it kind of evolved into UMP and, and UMP was really good for our region for, for many years. Um, and it just seems like, um, you know, a few years back, Michigan, uh, a lot of Michigan tracks adopted, uh, the B modified class. Um, so we had, you know, half the tracks that were IMCA and the other half the tracks kind of added B modified class. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it wasn't necessarily a bad move. Um, cause it's kind of the direction that things are going, I guess, in our region. I mean, it, it's just so hard for promoters in Michigan, um, you know, being surrounded by the lakes like we are and being divided from, you know, all the other regions around us. It, it's just so hard because we're kind of standalone here. So, um, you know, but I guess, I guess the decision for me comes, you know, just simply by numbers. Um, we were down to, you know, three tracks in Michigan that uh, were running UMP modifieds. Um, Hartford being a Friday night track, which is uh, about an hour, hour and 15 minutes from home. Not too bad. Um, great facility, great people. I, I love all the UMP modified drivers. I love racing with them. We have a great group of guys in the UMP class here in Michigan. Um, and then on Saturday, you know, Butler races, but I, I kind of grew up at Merritt and I've had a lot of success at Merritt. I feel at home when I'm at Merritt. So I, I was taking a two and a half hour trek um, each way. Um, and then you have a hard decision at the end of the night to make of whether you get a hotel room or, or drive back home until three thirty, you know, four o'clock sometimes in the morning, just depends on, you know, how, how the night goes. So, um, it was just getting tougher and tougher to, uh, justify, I guess the, the traveling and it was adding expenses. I mean, my guys are not paid to help me. They, they do it because they, they love the sport. I try my best to, uh, be able to pay for their way in the pits you know, give them a few bucks for, you know, something to eat at the track. And, and I was also, you know, trying to afford their hotel rooms and stuff when, when we needed them. So it just got to be expensive, you know, and, um, recently, you know, gas prices raising and, uh, 
it just it felt like a good year, you know, to to kind of pull back the reins a little bit, um, get in the IMCA car and and run or be able to run more locally and and kind of keep things low key so that uh, you know we can keep our head above water like everybody else's you know, lately and uh, keep racing. Now, you mentioned uh, Michigan being on an island, and I've heard that reference used before when we start talking about sanctioning. We've talked about it on this show about late models. Uh, you know, we got the Michigan late model. we got UMP late models. Now we got pro late models trying to come through. And I find it intriguing because to find more IMCA sanctioning once you hit the state line, you do have to do a little traveling. But once you hit the state line, it can be easier to find UMP sanctioning. Um, so my question is, are you – you know, you've been doing this long enough. You've seen this class evolve. It sounds to me like there's no reason to really be worried about modified racing in Michigan. You're just going to have to decide what rules package you want to use. Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, there is a few IMCA tracks, um, you know, just south of Michigan that run. Um, but, I mean, they're few and far between. Like Like you said, you know, until you get into, you know, Iowa and, you know, then there's a bunch of different sanctions all over the place. I mean, I, and in a perfect world, you know, we would we would all get on one sanctioning body and, and <laughs> yeah. just be able to run anywhere we want. Um, you know, that that was UMP for me for a long time for a lot of the tracks. You know, that that I wanted to race that I, I wanted to race a lot in Illinois, and I've got to race a lot in Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. I mean, Kentucky, Florida. Um, you know, I've even raced all the way out to Vegas in an IMCA car years ago. That was, was not one of my personal cars, but, um, and, and I guess that's another decision that I, I had to make for myself too, is I've always liked traveling and, and going to different tracks, seeing, you know, different facilities and racing with drivers that, you know, when I'm, when I'm racing, it, you don't even know their number. You don't even know their name. I mean, you might know a few of them here and there that you see, in magazines or, you know, your Facebook friends with just because of the, the racing industry. But uh, it's kind of fun to not know who you're racing against and just, you know, you, you show up with, with the best that you've got to offer and you put yourself on the line and go race. So, um, you know, that was one of the decisions for us too, um, along with this. And, and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm completely done with, with UMP by any means. I mean, I have a UMP car at my shop right now. I still have all my motors. Um, it's, it's far from completion and it really, I've, I've been so busy lately. I don't see myself, uh, getting it out anytime soon. Maybe by the end of the year, I might have, have it together to where, uh, I can dabble with it a little bit. Um, but you know, I, I started talking to Jay McDonald from JMR Chassis, um, probably uh, about a year and a half, two years ago now. And, you know, we, we just hit it off really well. I mean, we, we talked to each other and, and we kind of just worked out a deal that, you know, he'd, he'd help build me a car at a, at a reasonable price. And it would just give me an opportunity to run some of these tracks and events that I wasn't able to run in the past. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd share some of the information, you know, that I, that I gained by racing it with him to help him and his customers. So, um, you know, it's been a really, really good partnership for us there. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting excited about uh, some of the possibilities and, and just some of the new adventures, I guess, that uh, it's going to allow us to uh, get into. So, Jake, we don't, ha- we, we don't have just race teams and, and drivers listening to our show. Uh, we have a lot of race fans, right? And I know to, the, to a race fan's eye, if they see an IMCA modified pull out on the racetrack or a UMP modified, um, it, they might look identical to the eye from what you see. Um, without getting too technical, 
explain to the listeners what are the major differences uh, between a UMP modified and IMCA mod? So a UMP mod, um, you know, we all run a Hoosier tire, but the, the UMP tire is a, a softer compound. Um, there, there's a lot, there's some suspension rules that are different, but overall, basically the same package. Um, I would say that IMCA is slightly more restricting when it comes to rules, um, but the major difference is in the engine department. Um, our UMP cars, most guys have anywhere between 650 and 700 or so horsepower, um, where with the IMCA tire, it, it's a lot harder tire. Um, and everybody, or I'm not going to say everybody, but I'm going to say 90% of the guys that win all the time run with a uh, GM 604 trade engine. So um, it, it kind of levels the playing field um, as long as everybody's playing on the same field, I guess. And, um, you know, just, it, it allows us to concentrate more on, on setup and driving and, uh, and takes kind of the horsepower out of the equation. So th those are really the major differences, you know, between the two. So I got to ask you now, big weekend. Um, I've seen you in victory lane many, many times. I'm pretty happy. Um, you looked about as happy as I'd ever seen you. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, um, you know, I, I really like my UMP car. I like the UMP class. I like the big motor. Um, you know, it sounds good. It looks like, it sounds like a race car. It, it, it's fast. I mean, you can smash the gas. It, it, there's a lot of cool stuff about it from a driver's standpoint. Um, you know, but at the same point in time, I've also raced those same cars for, um, I, I don't know, probably 12 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not excited about the crate deal. I, I'm really not. I mean, I, I, there's no beating around the bush there. I mean, I, I like the raw horsepower that we are allowed to have with the UMP class. But at the same point in time, you know, what, what gets me going and keeps me going and racing is, is different competition, different tracks. And, uh, you know, the different package itself with the motor and tire combination um, really – it throws a wrench in things. I mean, and there's other things like we're not allowed to use bump stops, for example, in, in IMCA or spring rubbers. There's a lot of limiting factors on what you can do to the suspension. And that's always been what I like to, to mess around with on my cars. I like to get into how the suspension's working. So those limiting factors and, and the differences between the two class actually has brought a little bit of life back into, you know, me as far as racing goes just because it's a new challenge um you know there's there's another group of drivers there um that i that i'm not used to racing with a couple of those guys when we have um you know a summer national show or at the end of the year when their imca points are done they might you know throw their um or some ump tires i mean heck a lot of the guys actually came to me and bought them <laughs> but they'd throw some tires on their car you know and go to i-96 end of the year show or go to this track or that track or the other track, you know, when they, when they, when their points are done just to have fun. So to me, it's, it's fun just to uh, have a, a different series to run with a different group of drivers to run with. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it mostly local, um, you know, just to keep costs and stuff down, but kind of like what I've did with the UMP mod over the last um, handful of years. Anyway, instead of going out and running 70, 80 nights a year, like I did for a while, which gets really tiring and, and especially expensive when, when costs of tires and fuel and stuff are high, like they are on a year like this. But, um, you know, I'm going to pick out, um, a handful of shows to, uh, to go run. I mean, there's, there's a couple of them that I got my eyes on. Um, so 
people can keep up with that, you know, just uh, liking Jacob Pool Racing, um, our Facebook page or Twitter account. You know, they got we got all that stuff that we have. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's just it's fun also because you know I used to just race locally, and now a lot of like my original fans, you know, the people that I saw every single week, and you know, and I I became friends with a lot of them. They're excited to have me, you know, running back at Winston, running back at Thunderbird. Uh, this weekend we'll be at I-96 on Friday and uh, most likely back to uh, Thunderbird on Saturday. Um, you know, so it's exciting for me because because of what's happened with the class in Michigan with the Modifieds over the last few years, it's limited me to where I, I can only run those handful of tracks in Michigan, you know, two or three tracks except for the one night a year summer national special. So it's uh, it's exciting for me to be able to go back to some of these local tracks and uh, hang out with our fans. Started on the pin on Saturday, uh, raced your way to a win. Now I was looking at this and I wondered, okay, how how was this event handicapped in any way? And you talk about not because I don't think you're capable, Jacob, because I just wonder, right? New division, new car, uh, and you go out there and you get the win. And and so I like to I like to see you know, what sort of competition you were up against. And you talked about the group of guys that you race against in UMP Modifieds. And, Rich, I know you can speak to this, too. When I think about UMP Modified winners, I think about the Jacob Pools, and I used to think about the Colin Thurlby's until he went and started going IMC Modified Racing. And, you know, you think about the Corey Bevards and the Tim Wilbers down here in the south part of things, and, of course, uh, all those guys that are doing it nationally. And then when you think of IMC Modifieds, you go to AJ Ward, you go to Mitchell Hunt, you go to Gary Van, you know, uh, to uh, Gary Vandermark, and you go to those guys. Uh, Jacob, you had to deal with AJ Ward and Mitchell Hunt to get your first IMCA modified win. So, no, a- answer handicap none. Uh, you had to go out there and earn it. Yeah. Uh, you know, AJ, of course, you know, he's, he's a competitor of mine of now. Um, I don't really know AJ personally, but. I, I actually needed some gear lube at the track at Thunderbird, you know, and I know he's got a Schaefer's oil sticker and Rob Benders with Schaefer's oil has been, you know, helping me out for the last couple of years. So, I mean, you can't really mix different brands of gear lube all the time, or I don't prefer to anyway. And sure. one of my crew guys just says, well, Hey, why don't you go down and ask AJ? Well, you've got a Schaefer sticker on a car. Go ask him. So yeah, I went down there and, and, and he had an extra court for me and we, we sat there and chatted and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that I exactly had to earn that one, okay? We are, we're all on the same racing <laughs> surface, but be, to be real about things. Hey, you can tell us that you went uh, out there and spanked yeah. everybody's rear end if you want. That's fine. I mean, you can tell. You can say <laughs> well, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the track, um, you know, it's the first night that Thunderbird ran. They had one test session, and, you know, honest to be honest, I, I was going to go back to Crystal and give Thunderbird one or two weeks to kind of get worked in. Um, but I was doing some maintenance on the trailer before we got ready to leave and I was, you know, checking air pressures and squirting the grease in the hubs. And I realized one of my tires in my trailer, uh, the cords are starting to separate and I'm like, man, you know, thunder or crystal is an hour and 45 minutes away from me. And the last time that we went, I got back home about two, two thirty in the morning and I could just see myself on the side of a two lane divided highway or whatever in between here and crystal trying to change a tire at two o'clock in the morning. So I told the guys, I'm like, well, jump in the truck. We're going to Thunderbird. It's only 25 minutes away. And I, I, I trust the tire for that long, you know? So, um, just put all new tires on the trailer today. So I don't have to worry about it again for a while, but anyway, uh, back to whether I earned or not. Okay. Those, those guys on the same track as I was, the track was narrow and three and four to where 
Um, there was one good smooth lane um, on the tires in three and four. And, you know, I dabbled a couple of times, you know, not really much during the race. I, I basically tried to stay on that one smooth lane. I knew they were going to have to work to get around me on the outside. Now, I expected when I watched the video afterwards that um, coming out of turn two or going through one and two that they were going to be catching me because I really didn't feel like I was driving super hard. Um, just kind of kind of conserve and um, they really weren't though, you know. So I I'm just you know I've only ran this car that would that was my fifth night in the car, and I I know what to do to the car to make it do what I want, but I don't know how far to do it, you know, like how big of adjustments to make to this new car with the new class motor and all that stuff. I'm just I'm still learning that stuff. So um, after the heat race, the, the track was really slick. And I just told the guys, I'm like, I'm throwing the kitchen sink at this thing, you know, <laughs> or whatever's at the bottom of the kitchen sink. I'm going to turn it upside down. And I'm going to put that stuff in the car. There you, you know? go. I, I, I made a bunch of changes, which is not like me to do, but I just figured the track was so slick that I, I couldn't almost over adjust for the condition. So then, then I'm about three quarters of the way through getting my car ready. And my wife comes up to me and she says, oh yeah, by the way, they, you start on the pole. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, well, that's right. I don't know. I don't know if this thing's going to turn or not, but I guess we're going to find out. So, um, you know, I, I, I did open up a pretty sizable lead on the guys. I'm, I'm very excited about where I'm at with the car right now. Um, I've, I've got some pretty good people behind me, you know, Scott Presley, uh, good old family friend of ours. And, you know, he's been around me and he keeps on the straight and narrow. He's really good with numbers and, um, it's good to have him on the team. And, and then a new guy that we're working with, uh, as, an, as a pole bar company called sneaky horse guys from Canada named Sean. And, uh, you know, we bounce ideas off each other. And then of course, you know, we got swift springs and, um, I'm back on Integra shocks again. I haven't, I haven't ran Integra shocks much on my own cars, uh, in the UMP stuff. Um, but I've relocated to a new house and I'm, I'm literally only, uh, 10 minutes or so from Kaiser manufacturing. And it makes it very convenient for me to be able to, you know, get parts and stuff, you know, that I need to work on my shock. So did I win? Absolutely. Do I expect that uh, they're all going to be that easy? No, but <laughs> I, I was really excited and hoping that those guys would, uh, would have something for me on the top and we could have made a race out of it so that we could have, uh, you know, I could have felt like I earned it. I much, I would have much rather started, you know, six through 10th or something and, and drove up through the field, but at the end of the day, I, I've won a lot of races, and some of them come easy, and some of them come hard. So when they come easy, we're, we're going to take them just just as much as if we have to earn them. So, Jake, um, you know what? You know, next- that that check cashes either way, man. Take it easy on the <laughs> yeah, race. It does. <laughs> it does. These checks. Uh, I mean, not saying anything bad about these tracks or anything. You know, it's just the division that we're in. But these checks are a lot smaller than I'm used to. So. Um, it's just, it's just part of racing. I mean, we, we all know that we're not out there to make money. We're out there to make memories, uh, you know, spend time with our friends and our family and, and have fun. And you know what, we're, uh, we're doing that. So as long as everybody's smiling and having fun, you know, I'm enjoying myself and, um, you know, we're, we're looking to have a lot more success with it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to go racing this weekend. You know, we got, got the car about halfway ready already. So a little bit more tuning on it and uh, some maintenance on it, and we'll be ready to go Friday at 96. So, And I'm, i got to say, this is just me personally. I'll be going to I-96 on Friday because I'll be there with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Rich will be there as well. That's going to be a great show, always is. But I'm telling you right now, if, if Jacob Poole unloads, if Colin Thurlby unloads, I don't know what Colin's plans are. If A.J. Ward unloads, which he normally does there, and if Gary Vandermark unloads, which he normally does there, that modified show... <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe worth the price of admission as well. Um, now, Jacob, yeah, they're, they're, go ahead. Yeah, we're going to have there's all four of us. I, I almost guarantee are going to be there uh, along with you know this year that Dylan Gentry. Uh, yep. He's been looking pretty good, like you like you mentioned, Mitchell Hunt, um, Jeff Rea. I mean, yes, yes, you, you can't count him out. There, there is a very stout field of IMCA drivers. So, um, like, like I said before, I, I love our group of UMP drivers. I love racing with you know Chad Bauer and, and Colin Thurlby, Joe Rokas, um, Jeff Erickson. You know, I love racing with all those guys. And uh, you know, I've actually had multiple UMP drivers that have contacted me, like, man, we're really sad that you know, you're not going to be racing UMP stuff. And then they, you know, that's just the respect that we have for each other. We know that we're all competition and they enjoy the competition as well as, you know, these IMCA drivers do. So yes, I think that it's going to be a great show at I-96. Um, look forward to seeing you guys out there. Now, I want to talk about a couple other things that uh, aren't necessarily involving you behind the wheel of the race car, but they definitely are involved in your uh, racing career. And the first and most obvious is, of course, I want to talk about Hempro. Uh, this is something that, that you know, came together for you. Uh, you. You obviously had the the shock business going, and that was great for a long time for you. And then Hempro comes along, and, and I know this is something that you are very passionate about, and, uh, you know, quite quite frankly, Jacob, has been a huge success for you with uh, major race teams, major race car drivers, uh, some of the most popular folks in the country using these tools. And, and I love, too, when I'm scrolling along and see a random video of Kenny Wallace losing his stuff about a Hempro product. Um, <laughs> you know, th this is just so cool for me to see what you've been able to do with this tool or this set of tools. Talk about it. So... I've been self-employed, Zach, for, um, uh, I would say, 10 to 12 years. And uh, ever since I was 16, when I was 16 years old, or maybe even 15, I, I started my first business. Um, I've always, you know, would rather have worked for myself. I mean, I, I've dabbled in working for other people. Heck, I worked at Best Buy, and I worked for a couple of different race teams over the years. And uh, obviously, our family farm, you know, has taught me a lot about uh, just, just staying driven and, and, and working, you know? So, but, um, you know, I've had, I'm not going to call them failed attempts at businesses because if you're, if you're a business owner, you know that there's just a lot of lessons to be learned sure. before you can be successful in business. So, um, yeah, um, the shock stuff worked out really good. It kind of went hand in hand, you know, guys, obviously being successful racing. Um, I was always involved, um, in the, the shock building process. I mean, one of my best friends used to build, build my shop. So he was working at Integra and a couple of them actually, you know, so I, I was always very hands-on with that stuff. And I, I just, like I said before, that part of the suspension stuff, I've just always enjoyed. So, um, that works for me, but the problem is with it is, um, you know, it's very, very seasonal. I mean, um, I'm going to say like, you know, April through September or, or there about, you know, during the racing season, it's hot and heavy, but then during the off season, it was not, you know, so, there, there was a, even if I had say, you know, a hundred, 150 shot customers, the last thing on somebody's mind when, when there's a foot and a half of snow on the ground <laughs> outside the window is, Hey, I need to send my shocks in and spend a thousand dollars to get them freshened up. Right. So, um, anyway, you know, it, it made it so that, uh, I, I have a, a, a part of the year, you know, a good half of the year, almost that financially I was struggling. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I was thinking about it and, you know, kind of came up with that tool. Um, 
and, and man, it's just, it's really, really went over well. Um, you know, like you said with Kenny Wallace, you know, part, part of being a business is putting those tools in the right people's hands to help push those tools. And, you know, we did fairly well by ourselves, just, you know, getting them into the top drivers and, and manufacturers, you know, rocket chassis, longhorn chassis, kryptonite chassis, uh, you know, getting them into those people's hands. And then, you know, we, we took a shot and, and um, you know, we, we went to the Ionia swap meet this last year. And I think, I, I don't know, I, I probably brought 25 sets of tools or something with me and I didn't have any, you know, expectations. I mean, it costs 50 or a hundred dollars to, to get a booth there. Um, and, you know, you're helping out the Semler family, I guess, you know, a long, long history there and I own you with racing. So, I mean, and anything that we can do to help fund our, our fellow racers, you know, racing programs, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for. So mm-hmm. anyway, we went over there and I just so happened to get a booth. that was across from, um, Dominator race products and Dominator Bentley Shaw. Um, you know, he was, he brings, you know, seconds and blends or scratch and dent parts and stuff there and kind of tries to liquidate some of that inventory at the swap meet every year. And, uh, I, I didn't really want to have a demonstration table set up because it's really hard to demonstrate. I'd have to have a whole bunch of panels, you know, you know, practice panels and stuff sitting there. So I made a demonstration video and the TV that I put it on was facing at Bentley the whole time, you know, for two days while we sat there to swap me. Uh, so I just, I kind of see where this is going. So I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, you know, Bentley looks at that and he comes over after the show, we're cleaning up and he says, all right. I got to have one of these things. I've been watching this video. I've seen you sell out all these parts and then bench race with everybody, you know, after you were all sold out, uh, I've got to have a set, you know? So I, I sold him a set and, um, he went home and, you know, took some pictures of it, put it on his website, helped me get into speedway motors, um, summit racing, um, you know, obviously on his own website. And, and, and ever since then, I mean, he's basically been selling the same amount of tools that I've been selling, you know, myself. So, um, you know, la- there again, you know, now I have a, a tool that mostly is being sold and used in the off season. Um, you know, and it helps me financially because now I don't have that period of downtime that I was having with the shocks before. So now it's like half the year I'm, I'm, you know, wide open doing shocks and racing and the other half of the year, I'm kind of wide open and putting hem pros together and, and, and making, making all these racers cars, you know, look better, function better, saving them from popping tires and stuff with hemming around their wheel wells. Um, you know, it's great for everybody. It's, it's, it's just uh, an all around, it's been a blessing. So now I got to ask you, uh, now as, as a business owner, a small business owner, uh, you're obviously dealing with, uh, mass production and, and I use the word mass loosely. I don't know what sort of orders you're putting in to get these things created and, and shipped back to you, but are, are you in your small business right now feeling the effects and the kickbacks that everybody is paying for, uh, with, with other products of, of, uh, supply issues? Uh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, you know, I've tried really, really hard though. I, I have not raised my price, um, in over a year. I mean, when we first came out, I, I didn't really know what the demand was going to be. I knew that they were, they were probably going to sell well. Um, but just like everything else, I mean, when, when fuel costs now, uh, let's just say four times what it did two years ago, mm-hmm. um, you know, for most businesses that are having, having trucks running up and down the road, no matter how you cut it, that's, that's going to raise, you know, costs. So, um, you know, obviously we had supply chain breaks, um, 
all over in every different industry. I mean, the tire industry, I mean, we could, we could go on with that one for hours. Um, but I mean, it all, it all funds from, you know, the same type of issues that was to me, you know, during our COVID period, um, a couple of years ago in the supply chain worldwide was just so disrupted. Um, obviously there's, I, I'm not a genius when it comes to all these different things, but I mean, to simplify it, that's the way that I look at it. So absolutely. Yes. I mean, and I'm getting to the point right now, um, where material costs for manufacturing on my products is, has went up enough that I, I'm probably going to have to, to raise the price slightly. I, I, like I said, I've been trying really hard to not do that, but at some point in time, you know, you can eat the cost and other times it's, it's time to say, listen, you know, this is what it's going to take for me to continue to do business. Um, you know, hopefully that those costs go down sometimes. And the problem is with most products is once the price goes up, you almost don't see it go back down. Right. So, um, but you know, ho hopefully, you know, in the years to come, you know, maybe the manufacturing industry can catch back up, supply chain can catch back up and, it can just alleviate a lot of stress. I mean, there's, there's so many stresses right now, not just in the racing industry. I mean, we see it all the time too, but I mean, it's, it's really every industry. So that was the long answer. The short answer is absolutely. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I see it every day. Well, we just love to get the inside look at it and just understand it from a different way. Rich, I know you got something. Yeah. So, um, all the race fans know if they want to get out and see Jacob pools Friday night, I 96, IMCA modifieds. Jake, what, uh, after I-96, just over the next couple weeks, uh, if anybody who can't make it out to I-96, where can they find you? Um, you know, I, I think we're just going to kind of bounce between I-96 and, and mostly Winston on Friday nights. Um, you know, Thunderbird and Winston, you know, Thunderbird's the closest track to home. So 25 to 30 minutes to there and, you know, 35 to 40 minutes to Winston. And, and like I'm saying, you know, with the cost and stuff, and, uh, you know, I'd like to stay home or closer to home, you know, now I 96, my, my wife's from Ionia over there. So a lot of her family's over there and they enjoy watching me race too. Um, you know, so there's some weekends that we might do Winston Thunderbird other weekends. We might go I 96 crystal, you know, and then obviously they got the, uh, the fast shaft, um, invitational races. Um, so wherever those bounce around to, if, if time permits and, and, you know, and everything, we'll probably go to those shows. Um, you know, then obviously with the tri city merit, um, Thunderbird challenge series stuff, there's, there's a very good chance that, uh, we'll show up at some of that stuff. And just cause Merritt's so, you know, near and dear to, to my racing, um, you know, wood kicks always been a staple on, on my list and, uh, I've won the wood tick with the UMP modified, uh, I think three or four times, maybe five. I don't know, but that's pretty um, good when you can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'd almost have to go up in the attic and dig the trophies out and, and see how many times the name's on there, but I, I know it's at least a few. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's usually like a dance delay event, um, you know, that, uh, Leah Soleil puts on and, and I enjoy supporting that race you know, not only for Dan, Dan was a super awesome dude, but just because, I mean, you know, growing up, my dad had somewhere around 10 years, perfect attendance at, uh, at wow. Merritt Speedway. So, I mean, that was my, that was my Saturday night track. Um, you know, I watched tons and tons of laps there and the wood tick was always like the highlight of the summer as a kid. And then it, it brings back a, a giddiness in me that, uh, I just can't release. So, 
I, I would like to kind of go up to uh, the wood tick and, and win, I guess, I guess it would be a B modified race there. Um, you know, since they're unsanctioned, but um, yeah, I mean, I think Rich, the, the best way to do that is if, if everybody wants to click over to Jacob pool racing on Facebook, uh, my wife keeps that updated all the time. And, you know, usually we try to say at least by, at least by Wednesday or Thursday where we're, where we're planning on going Friday or Saturday. Um, I also bought some, uh, some champ go-karts for my kids. And I guess dad had to have one himself too. I mean, <laughs> so I've got three go-karts here too. And I know the kids are pretty excited about, uh, running those and, uh, the track that we will run those at is a, a buddy of mine that lives about 10 minutes from home. He, uh, he races every other Saturday, you know, most of the time through the summer It's pretty loose knit just for kind of fun. But um, you know, I want to get the kids excited, you know, so that, you know, maybe one of them will get hooked on it and, and, uh, I can make them wear the helmet when I'm ready to take it off, but it's going to be a while. I'm having too much fun. So the kids are going to have to, uh, really show some work ethic if they want to take me <laughs> out. <of seat>. So. <laughs> well, uh, Jacob, it's, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. And, uh, you know, I, again, I cannot believe it's been so this long and we haven't had you on the show, but look at the timestamp. This is, uh, you know. It's, we've made up for it, I think. Um, man, congratulations sure. on that win at uh, Thunderbird. As I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing this IMCA Modified show on Friday. Don't get me wrong. I love my guys with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, but when that race is over, you can bet your best dollar I'm taking a seat in the grandstands to watch the IMCA Modified well, show. All you got to do, Zach, I, I tell everybody that I've got enough time at the end of the week that I roll in and my trailer's washed that's when that's when you need to watch out that's when you're in trouble (laughs) yeah yeah i'm gonna gonna work hard the next few days i got a lot of stuff to do i've got shocks to do i've got hem pros to ship out i've got work to do on the race car but i'm I'm thinking that trailer is going to be sparkling come friday he he wants to wash that trailer friday morning oh boy oh boy absolutely (laughs) absolutely jacob always a pleasure man thank you so much for joining us yep not a problem thanks for having me guys what a show what a show. Again, caps off to Tim Wilbur and his crew for a fantastic opening night at Butler Motor Speedway. Uh, I'm telling you, in two weeks, uh, we're going to have Riverfest down here in Jonesville, which is a neighboring community to Butler. And as soon as they get done with that, I'm packing up the family van, and I'm going to go see my buddy Tim and see what's happening there at Butler Motor Speedway in a couple of Saturdays. And then how about Jacob Poole, Rich? I can't believe we've gone four seasons without talking to that young man, but uh, really glad to get him on the show. No, I've, got, I've talked to him a lot at the race. Well, track. I've talked to him a lot too, but I mean, in this official capacity, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think I think what I think what came from is, you know, he hasn't he doesn't seem like he's ran a whole lot the last couple of years. Um, you know, they built you know, that and, house in that garage. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was building his house and and doing all that, and I I think that I think it just looks like that we haven't talked to him in a long time, but he wasn't really racing that much, and and it sounds like this year, um, he's going to try to put a full schedule here locally together which is going to be great for the race fans because i know he's got a lot of fans in our region did i mention how excited i am to see the imc modified race on friday did i mention that yeah i think he just <laughs> I, yeah i think he did <laughs> let's talk about that with the upcoming calendar uh, i-96 speedway rich uh the modifieds are not the headliner which may be a mistake uh actually i'm kidding it's going to be a great show friday night at i-96 the all-star circuit of champions bring the 410 cubic inch sprint cars back to town this was an event that was postponed from last month back at it alongside my friends with the great lake super sprints 
$3,000 to win, presented by TC Power Sports for the Great Lakes Super Sprints, $8,500 to win for the All-Star Circuit of Champions, 410s, and then, of course, Modifieds will be there, IMCA Modifieds. They'll be duking it out for $1,200. Green flag set to go in the air, 8 o'clock Friday night from I-96. Let's hit a couple of pavement tracks on Friday night, Zach, just to get those out of the way. Corgan Oil Speedway, race number two for the North NorthsideTowing.net, Outlaw Super Late Models. They'll be back in action on Friday night. Pro Lates, uh, Street Stocks, Outlaw Front Wheel Drives, Pony Stocks, they will also be in action. Gates open at 5 o'clock at Corrigan Oil Speedway, racing at 7. And then uh, we move on to, okay, damn it, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Did you, Kalamazoo? No. And then also on Friday night, Kalamazoo Speedway back in action, and they're going to bring the Open Wheeled Warriors. Uh, I'm, I'm a little disappointed I'm going to miss this show, Rich. Midwest Modified Tour unloading at Kalamazoo Speedway alongside Street Stocks and Zoo Stocks. You know that's going to be a good show. Gates at 3, racing at 7.30 Friday in KZU. And then Friday and Saturday, Zach, let's do a show. They got two shows at one racetrack, so we'll hit that up. Birch Run Speedway. On Friday, sprint cars, modifieds, vintage mods, and dwarf cars, uh, along with practice for the Jag Serie All-Stars Tour. That's going on Friday night at the Birch Run Speedway. And then on Saturday, the Cabin Fever 100, the Jag Serie All-Stars Tour, street stocks, and more. A big weekend at the Birch Run Speedway. They're making up a couple events that have gotten canceled already. Uh, and a lot of new work being done in the last week or two uh, at the Birch Run Speedway. You've seen it all if you're following on Facebook. A lot of asphalt going down back in that pit area. Uh, Zach, you're going to get to see this. I was supposed to get to see it, but Mother Nature got in my way. So uh, I'm gifting it to you. I hope you have a great <laughs> I hope you have a great Saturday at Bertrand. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't think I've ever seen so much new asphalt put down on a race uh, on, on a racetrack facility before. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing it firsthand coming up on Saturday. Uh, also on Saturday, if you're looking to try to stay over on the west side of the state, uh, we mentioned Midwest Modifieds Tour going to Kalamazoo on Friday night. Well, they're going to take the short drive over to Marne, Michigan, and Berlin Raceway on Saturday. Midwest Modified Tour alongside the Outlaw Super Late Models, Limited Late Models, and more in action. 4 o'clock, remember this is the special schools in session start time, 4 o'clock at Berlin Raceway. And Rich, not to be left out or forgotten, you'll be in action on Saturday as well. Yep, another 4 o'clock start at Flat Rock Speedway. We do that through June 4th. Uh, Autograph and Scout Day. All scouts uh, in uniform get to get in free. Also, Autograph Day, we'll have an on-track autograph session. Uh, and probably the biggest thing, Zach, former NASCAR star Ken Schrader will be on hand. Uh, no, he's not driving a school bus. No buses on hand. He will be driving a street stock and an outlaw super late model all night long. Who's outlaw so is he driving? Do you know? Yeah, so he is driving Dennis Strickland's uh, Bailey Fabrication-owned late model. Uh, and he'll be driving Rob Moore Sr.'s street stock, which that street stock, he is a former street stock champion at Flat Rock. So he is not getting in cars just to run at the back of the show. Uh, Dennis Strickland, of course, uh, a former Glass City 200 winner as well. So uh, Ken Schrader is going to be jumping in some awfully good race cars this weekend, uh, this Saturday at the Flat Rock Speedway. Gates open at 2 p.m., the on-track autograph session at 3 p.m., We'll drop the first green flag at four. And that is going to bring us to the end of the show. Uh, weather forecast right now. Listen, uh, you may want to do the rain, rain, go away dance. 
Uh, may also want to think about trying to find some racing on Wednesday and Thursday, but uh, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to get that rain to move on out of here and, and get away from us for this weekend, and uh, we're going to be able to get some stuff in because it is a really nice week, and I think we got to make sure we cap it off with a great weekend too. Uh, nonetheless, as we always say, thanks again to Tim Wilbur. Thanks again to Jacob Poole. And uh, a reminder, there's a lot going on in and around the state of Michigan, so find it, find it, find it. Keep up with social media. These tracks are very good about posting updates. Find a racetrack to go to this weekend. We don't care where. You don't, we don't care if you come to our races where Rich and I are going to be working. Just get your backside trackside and support auto racing in and around the state of Michigan. For Rich France, my co-host, for Scott Menler, who pays the bills, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.